Let's do this. Unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show. It is Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You are at your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. I'm super excited to be here with you guys tonight, whether you're watching us live on the video cast or, of course, listening to us on audio podcast. We are in uh, over 27 different countries right now. We are number top 10% rated podcast all globally, so we are super excited, and we appreciate you guys, whether you're listening again on the audio podcast on any platform that you choose, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music, uh, Apple Music. Anywhere you get your podcast, you go in there and you type in uh, Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, or you can just type in my name, Christopher Roush, and you'll actually see my other show, which is called The Unfiltered Experience. But tonight, we are uh, proudly uh, promoting Raw and Unscripted Show tonight, and we've got an amazing show for you guys tonight. So we invite you to buckle in, uh, sit down, make sure you have something to take notes with, because we're going to be talking about some stuff that can definitely move your life forward uh, by creating some boundaries in your life uh, and being really intentional about the moments that we're living in because so many times we're living in the past or we're living in the future we're never really tr truly embracing the moments and so we're going to be talking about that tonight but tonight we have a special uh if you guys have been watching the show and listening to the show you guys have known about this night the next couple of episodes of the raw and scripted show i am all so excited to be joined by my beautiful friend my beautiful sister from another mister the amazing the amazing patricia guy patricia what's going on good to see you hello nice to see you too super excited I can't believe, Chris, it's December. Like, Isn't it amazing? We've been talking about this. We started talking about this back like the summertime. I know. So, but it's here and I'm really super over the top excited. Like this is going to be a good one. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and I'm going to try not to cough through the middle of it because unfortunately I got sick over the weekend. I was like all proud and boasting to my wife and my son. I'm like, I'm not going to catch your stupid cold. And I was walking around feeling all macho and everything. And then um, they got better. And then all of a sudden I got it. So I don't know if I got their cold, if I got somebody else's cold, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to make it through the entire broadcast tonight and not have any sneezing or any coughing fits. But uh, I'm excited to be doing this with you. How is everything with you, my dear friend, Patty? Super good. Like I literally have been uh, in celebration mode uh, celebrating, you know, a big milestone birthday. And then when I know you turned 40, right? Yeah. Oh my God. How did that happen? That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. You're going to catch up to me pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of good things. I'm looking forward. 2024 is going to be a big year. Um, I know it will be, you know, for you as well. Um, oh, a little yeah. bit of authorship going on, a lot of painting stuff mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, and I'm still drumming, so it's it's a good it's a good day when you're above the ground, as they say. <laughs> mm -hmm, a good day here above the ground. I know it goes by so quick; it's crazy. Jackson just celebrated his seventh birthday. No, that blows my mind because I it's know like, like, what? I remember the day you said, you know, bringing this child home, and I'm like, oh my god, be a dad, baby, and now he's seven. He's seven. I know that the thing that <clears throat> excuse me, the thing that blows my mind is the uh the fact in 10 years right you know how fast time, time 10 years goes i mean we met 10 years ago literally a little bit more yeah. than that um is how fast 10 years goes by and to think in 10 years he's going to be 17. let's not like talk in, in 10 years i'm going to be si nearly 65. okay i'm talking about that <laughs> we got some excitement tonight yeah let's bring it on so uh so please introduce our guests well <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen i actually had the privilege of meeting this amazing couple uh hannah and Alex, who are, I don't even know where to start, choreographers, writers, editors, dancers, producers, musicians, um, filmographers, actors, judges, like the talent between the two of them is off the screen. And did I say, you know, like photography, videography, dancing, professional dancing, Okay, so the conversation is is like we're going to be all over the place because these two are are really really special, really special. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. I mean, I love special people and I love special guests, especially when they're referred by somebody else because you have a relationship with them, and because I love and respect you so much that I know this is going to be a dynamic conversation. So feel free to uh, to introduce them and I'll bring them on on screen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Eisenberg and Hannah Eisenberg. Hey, to welcome guys Hello. welcome to the raw and scripted show it's so good for you guys thank to be here thank you. you guys for being here i know it's a little bit later in your part of the world but uh thank you thank you thank you for being here thank and how are you both us. doing this evening 
Fantastic. Well, yeah, it's 10, but it's, I'm, I feel like I always joke that I live off of West Coast time, even when I'm in the, the East Coast. I go to bed super late and I wake up super late. So I'm, I'm good. Still within my time wheelhouse. <laughs> nice, nice. Sometimes, you know, people are late or, or what do they call them? Lions and sheeps and whatever they all have different types of bedtimes and stuff like that. I know my son, we were just talking about this with some, uh, with some fellow parents over the weekend and they were talking about how their kid goes to sleep like at seven 30, eight o'clock, but wakes up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Nope, my kid will stay awake until midnight and watch his iPad and sleep in until 10 o'clock, which is kind of cool for us parents. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Alex, how are you doing? I love the I'm, hair, I'm man. Doing, thank you. I'm doing fantastic. But, um, I am on the time frame of, if I sit still for long enough, no matter the time of day, I will fall asleep. But we're, <laughs> when we're not sitting down, we're going a thousand percent until that inevitably happens. So, um, on switch, off switch, <laughs> on switch, <laughs> off know, switch. Oh, we're I going wish I had hundred or we're, or we're, you know, getting the rest we need to therefore go a hundred. So, uh, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. I love it. I love it. We always got to bring our A game to any situation that we're in because we never know when our time is going to be up. And I think that's one of the things that I'm excited about this conversation tonight is you guys seem to embrace life. You guys seem to be out there living life and not only living life, but you're out there taking risks and you're out there speaking your message and, and helping people to have a better life uh, in their own situations as well. And that's one of the things I love about you guys and doing a little bit of research. Um, what is it that you most want to get across to people tonight? You know, people are listening and watching this from all over the world. You know, there's a lot of chaos and calamity if you watch the news and follow politics, which we don't hear. Um, we just live our life and we go out there and make the world a better place. But what is it that you want to get across get across most to people tonight watching and listening to this? You want me to go first? Hey, go ahead, Ian. Um, Say no sometimes. And I think that's something that um, I'm, I'm 30. How old am I? 32? <laughs> About to be 33. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how old I am, but um, it took me a long time to start or stops or yeah, start saying no to people. Um, especially in, in your twenties, you know, you're, you're going and you're trying to make your mark. You're trying to impress everybody and anybody in the world. Um, and you're trying to make everyone like you and that, that changes over time. And as you grow and as you mature and as you experience things on both sides, you start to understand that saying, saying yes, isn't always the right answer and pleasing everybody isn't always the right answer. And being available 24 seven to everybody is not always the right answer. And that's something that we have been really working on a lot, you know, being in the arts, um, you kind of have to be on a veil all the time and um, we're just trying to slow it down. And that has been, a big, seen a big shift. I know I can speak for both of us saying that and in, you know, setting, setting those boundaries for ourselves and, and just living life for ourselves and for nobody else. So I have to ask you because the two of you already literally have so many things on the go. I mean, I, you know, the preamble for me was to, to even just describe what you do. I'm already breathless, but you're scheduling you know, how do you how do you manage this? Because you're both you you travel to different parts of the country, you cross border. Alex, you're absolutely across the border. <laughs> and and there is no question that, you know, how do you live this life? And again, the, the topic tonight about boundaries, you know, you, you can be doing your your you know, your work in one part of the world and and you're in the other part of the world, and yet you're still making this magical you know, experience happen. I mean, it's incredible. So how, like scheduling, talk to us, like, how's your life? Like, do you have a book or are you like, what, what's going on there? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just give us a dish on how you plan your life. Yeah. yeah we, um, yes. it's so funny that you're asking this exact question because I'm pretty sure it was yesterday we scheduled because at this moment in time, I'm in the United States. Hannah is in Canada right. and, um, we operate this way sometimes sometimes we're together sometimes we're not but always like you said we kind of have a multi-pronged situation going on just to keep it going keep everything fresh and uh to try to keep being creative and that usually fuels one area of our life and then that creates opportunities in another one but um yes i think it's this idea that hannah really brought up the idea of no being a complete sentence and so mm -hmm. often we feel the need to have to explain ourselves or these kinds of things, especially with scheduling, because we are uh, very fortunately getting to a point where certain things are kind of overlapping and you have to say no to certain jobs, certain opportunities, um, friends, whenever they, you know, oh, I thought we were going to do this and, um, or, or making time for the friend thing, you know, really scheduling 
in terms of we've been using the, the cup analogy. Does it fill your cup or does yeah. it in your cup? You know what I mean? And our scheduling, obviously, with financially or a job opportunity that we can't miss or one that we're really stoked about, um, it just all comes from collective are we going to do this? Are we not going to do this? Do you want to? And we have the luxury of she can go do one thing. I can go do another. And that is, has become, I think our secret weapon in terms of we can work together while not necessarily being in the same place. So we can almost double ourselves in that capacity, but still making time for the scheduling of the holidays. Procrastination. Let's talk about procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're working on that one. Uh, but um, yeah, the scheduling is simply what is our most important thing at that juncture? Um, what are we setting aside time for? And then also still setting aside time for us because we do work together. And so often it's like, oh, you guys are together all the time, but we'll go. 48 72 hours where it is work 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 and we're working on setting aside you know a few hours here a few hours there to have a meal sit down no talk about work no talk about anything else just connect How on are that you? level as well <laughs> yeah. right yeah. yeah, that's that's so important. And when I love what you guys are talking about this, because so oftentimes when people sit there and think about saying no, they feel guilty. And that goes back to our child our childhood, right? You know, when you think about our childhood, a lot of what and who we become happens between the ages of zero and five. So a lot of our belief systems and a lot of our attitudes are based on the fact of who we were brought up by. What are the, some of those situations that, that were brought into our lives? And then we carry that on into our adult life. And then so when we get into our adult life, you know, sometimes we feel like guilty or we feel selfish. Talk to us about that. When we're setting boundaries, I mean, that's that's a that's a principal priority for us to, to give ourselves space, to give ourselves love. Um, like you said, not to always be a, a, a thousand times percent um, a people pleaser. What are some ways people can shift their perspective about that, about saying, you know what, I need to, it's self-love. It's not selfishness. Talk to us about that and in your road and your journey in that, because I can only imagine that by saying no, you have offended some of the people who are like, wait a minute, I thought I was the priority in your life. Talk to us about that experience. Sure. Um, so I remember meeting Alex's dad for one of the first times and we were in the truck driving and he's a funny guy and I, I was sitting up front with him and he um he was a school principal, you know, had had a very successful and and you know, and I'm envious of people that have like a, a daily, you know what your schedule is and you know where your money comes from, like forever type thing. We don't have right. that luxury. <laughs> um and you know, he did. And I remember him asking us, you know, how do you guys do it? Like what what is that? And that I had never really thought about that before because that's all I've ever known. Um, I grew up and Alex too, we grew up, you know, doing this our whole lives. And this, this is something that is ingrained and was ingrained since I was around four or five when I started in the arts. Um, wow. And I think that it's everybody's idea of success is different and everybody's walk of life is different. Everybody's values are different, which is a good thing. That's, you know, how the world goes around and learning what, is important to you and what your values are at the end of the day, everyone else aside, if they were in the picture or weren't in the picture, what is still important to you? And, you know, realizing that, you know, lives can look different. I think there's this ideology of the white picket fence. So you date and you marry and you get a job and you buy a house and you right. save for retirement. You know, our generation, I think, is really straying away from that um, and others too. But Millennials in particular, you know, a lot of us can't afford to buy a house. So we've had to kind of <laughs> roll with the punches there and, and figure out, you know, where where is our time and our energy going and coming to terms with, you know, being OK with that and being OK with your life looking different than A, you expected, B, right. other people expected and C, you know, what society says it's supposed to look like, because there's no rhyme or reason or formula for that. It's just what makes you happy makes you happy. But you also have to have, I think, a lot of a lot of a lot of communication between the two of you at a level that supersedes the average go on a date, go out for dinner, yeah. watch a movie, come home. Oh yeah. To do the degree of work that you do, 
I would imagine that your conversations are, are, yeah, collaboration is so important. The conversations have to be, and again, they're probably deep. They can be dark. Uh, and, and the absence, I mean, um, separation anxiety has to play a part. I'm sorry, like you two are lovebirds and this, <laughs> this is like obvious chemistry that you can see it the second the two of you are on the screen. Never mind that if you're in the room with the two of you. So there's that's got to be part of it, managing feelings and, yeah. and you know, the human side of we've um we've done a ton of work on ourselves mm -hmm. together. Um and I think that, you know, we've been together almost six years and uh, married for almost three. It's almost our anniversary. Um, yeah, yeah, it's coming up. Oh, oh man. Um, and and when we met, we were completely different people than we are now. And that has a lot to do with the trust that we've put into one another with mm -hmm. our lives and with our feelings and, you know, what we want and what what was and what we want to be. Um, and that, you know, has not always been pretty, but it's it's a place that you have to go internally yourself and you have to let someone in with you to get out of and that for i'm speaking myself because i did you know a, a lot of this with you out and i was like sorry but i want to marry you and want to be happy with you and in order to do that i need to figure out a lot of things about myself right. so um that was a a really cool trip though you know going and diving and it's instilled this level of communication that we have with each other on a personal basis you know human to human that um, people always say, oh, you're so lucky to meet someone that's, you know, so much like you, which like I am. But also we 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 built that together. And, yeah. you know, it takes it takes putting in the work and putting in the elbow grease with the people that you love to to build those types of relationships. So you built something also, which I think is very, is pretty awesome. And that's the Savage Patch Kids. Yeah. Savage Patch Kids. Ooh, I like that. Sun's heavy metal. Can we talk about it? Let's tell, talk to us about how that started. Like, or or how did you two even connect? And then how did it evolve? What came first? Or or yeah. So yeah, no, I just it always cracks me up because I will take seventy five percent of the credit for the origination of the Savage Patch Kids because let's do the rewind. Um, early in our lives, both of us had very different uh, musical influences and kind of had a lot of music was a big part of our lives, no matter from it being literal, being in our lives. Both of us played instruments, dance, obviously. A dance without music is, is uh, you know, it always feels like although it exists and, it's, you know, you can hear it in your mind if it's there pumping and you feel it, there's something so, um, so, so like visceral about that, right? Like just being in the moment and feeling the music. And then you have, um, we started making music on our own. I was more in the hip hop rap genre. Um, Hannah was more in the rock, uh, punk, emo scene. Yeah, um, but we had such hilarious overlapping like my brother plays guitar he was in a um he was in a uh a super slam band and he was in like a couple different ones that kind of spanned it made no sense that you played in those different kinds of things <laughs> he was in a reggae band as well so you had like polar opposite right. things but just being exposed to that and then randomly we met didn't never talked about music and as of course the communication is developing and being something that when you're apart from somebody, especially initially in your relationship, whether a friendship or romantically or anything in between, um, just, oh, music. And then, of course, you start to get comfortable with somebody. And then it's like, oh, do you want to hear some of the old music that I made back <laughs> in the day? And then that. Want to hear my SoundCloud link? <laughs> there you <laughs> totally, go. But it really was that. And then we. My MySpace over... original. Oh yeah, band camp stuff that you had to have a password for, like Reverb Nation. Reverb Nation. I'm still <laughs> rocking on the Reverb Nation. I think I am too. Nice. But like the 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 can of worms that was both of ours that kind of melded, and then I suggested I was like, hey, do you want to like? I love to just that's a an emotional outlet for me and something that I find cathartic of whether I'm going through it literally, going through it. Uh, existentially, existentially, if you will, or I'm close with somebody else and they're going through it, like kind of taking that in. And that's my way of uh, interpreting and digesting what they might be going through, you know? And so we started and we wrote a song together and then. And you're going to perform it right now on live on the air. 
and live. Here we go. I thought you'd but, never um, ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, mm, mm, got the ready to go. But yeah. And then we started we started writing songs together and we did an EP with our friend uh Kari mm-hmm. Mateen in his garage in Los Angeles because I was still living out there at the time. And after that, then we just haven't stopped. And it's been actually over here. Uh good old days. This was we made a music video. And we won, we're thankful to win like a bunch of awards for it. Um, but yeah, we've, that has been our, our headache and our baby, if you will, of trying to, it always comes back to that. We're like, oh, you know, let's take a break because we have so many, like uh, Patricia was saying, so many other things going on and, and to give music the proper attention is it takes a lot of time and money mm-hmm. and effort and all of those things. It's like but, a baby. Um, yeah, but really don't no. like you got to make sure all of the things with the baby. You got to get the check up. Are we good? Are we mm. happy with it before we're taking it out into the Did world? We feed the fucking thing. It's you were going to feed him. I thought you were going to feed him. Oh shit! Screaming. No, 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 no. Get the baby. But uh, yeah, but I, that was just kind of getting comfortable enough with each other, and neither of us knew that about the other one, and yeah. just kind of diving into that and. The fact that it worked together with our such, like stark different backgrounds is still uh, baffling to me, and as well as a lot of other people, that it just made what we made. But it's something that I I can speak for both of us that I'm very proud of, and it's something that I very much look forward to continuing because it is so special. That that is awesome. And so one of the things I'm curious about just just meeting you guys, this initial like you know understanding of you both. I can see you guys are both energetic and and loving, beautiful people. And talking about boundaries, you know, it's one thing for us to have boundaries with other people, but how do you guys navigate the professional and personal aspects of your relationships? I've got some friends of mine that they're called the relationship renegades. Actually, my buddy Scott here, um, who was just on here a second ago, was saying hi. Um, he introduced me to him, and we had them on our show, our, our uh, unfiltered experience show. And one of the interesting questions that we asked them was like. Like, you know, doing the, the stuff personally, you know, you, you got in a personal relationship, then you got to professional relationship. How do you guys navigate that communication? And and sometimes, you know, maybe Alex, you're like, maybe I don't want to do this. I'm, I don't, I'm not feeling that's right. And, and, and you're feeling like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. How do you guys navigate that and being able to say no to each other? Communication. Yeah. yeah. Like, like truly that is like in the hand. Of what are some of those like, tips? What are some tips? Cause I know people struggle with that. They're afraid to be honest with their partner. They're afraid to be honest with themselves. And so they put up with stuff. We play the someday game. Oh, someday when this happens or that happens, then I'll, then I'll be honest. You know, what can we, what can we tell people about having some great communication boundaries and some great strategies for be able to, you know, have those conversations with our spouses? Yeah. For, for us in particular, um, I think knowing, knowing that it's coming from a place of love is like the root of it all. Um, Because there are some days like nobody's perfect and I might be feeling one way. He might be feeling another way. I might say something that I mean one way and he takes it another way or vice versa, you know? Um, And sometimes you just need to take a day on it and just let yourself feel what you're feeling. And that's fine. But, you know, knowing, knowing that, you know, the trust that we have in one another speaking, you know, by our, on ourselves, um, it's not personal and it's like never personal, especially with business. It's right. business. It's not personal. Um, and then when it comes to our personal lives, that it, that it is coming from a place of love. And it's something I think we're constantly still reminding ourselves of and working on because, you know, it's, we're, we're in an odd situation where we do everything together. So um, there are times where we don't agree. There are times when we don't see eye to eye and and sometimes it's coming down to the fact that we won't see eye to eye on it. That's just, you know, we have to decide what we're doing and move on and, and let that, let that die. But um, communicating is so important and, and it seems silly that that's like the answer that I feel like we, we get asked this quite often and we're always like, just talk to each other, but it's, it seems like such a simple idea, but it, it takes time to craft and it takes time to, to understand how to do that with one another. And mm. it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's honest communication. And yeah. oftentimes like we've really got into the point of how are we speaking to each other is, are we speaking to each other as business partners? Are we speaking to each other as artists? Are we speaking to each other as uh, <laughs> our spouses, you know, those right. kinds of things, whenever you acknowledge and communicate, Communication in the sense of effective, honest communication it has been our saving grace because yeah. at times where we'll do separate things and come together, 
and it's brought to you know each of the other's attention the it's simple and as i guess elementary as it is do you want solutions or do you want comfort do you want me to just yeah. listen to you and love you and hug you and that sucks which is perfectly valid if that's what you require in that situation <laughs> but or is it are you coming to me with do you want me to help you solve this problem right. and both ways are perfectly great it's just now understanding uh we don't always have to actively say i'm speaking to you as this and as you grow with somebody obviously you glean that a little easier and you can deduce this is what you need in this moment but there's still errors we kind of cross paths and that wasn't what she needed or i needed and then being like right now this is just what i need and that i think again going back to the overarching thing of boundaries that is an ever shifting boundary but it still exists right um, but that is how we, I think, have been successful is in what voice are we speaking to each other, be it where your point of view, what you're coming to it as. Because our, I feel like our biggest time that we kind of clash on anything like that is artistically, which is per, uh, the fact that we work together as well as we do, being as strong-willed and passionate <laughs> as we are is quite surprising. And that has been verbalized by other people. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's an evidence of flow. If you, yeah. I'm not all, I'm never going to, I'm not perfect. I'm not always right, but if I'm excited or I feel a certain way, let's try it this way. We've gotten really good at finding a flow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's try that with that. And then out of that comes something that we're both super stoked on. Mm -hmm. And that is not just existing in that has helped us both in our personal lives, our business world, and just everyday life with our affecting other people too. So but you're, you're also, I, I, I like to, I always think about the two of you, you're really best friends. Oh yeah. Like they're like, yeah. in a we're, that, we're that before anything else, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think that really has been sort of like the, the cement pad, the root that you could, you can land on, without really initiating a lot of, you know, deep hurt or, or regrets or, you know, the added insult. I think being in that type of a friendship, you have such integrity around, you know, what the, what you want to accomplish and who you are as individuals. So just to go back to that, because there's still layers and layers and we're going to just peel this onion, but oh, yeah. the dance, I want to just talk about the dance because there is something pretty special and I actually am, I'm, I'm really kind of overwhelmed by a little bit, but Alex in, in your own world as a dancer, choreographer, then I want Hannah because there's a whole other side to this. Um, but Alex first, just tell us, where did you study? Like, who did you study with? What is this thing about Alex that we should know about? <laughs> okay. It. Okay. Um, let's uh, turn back the clock again. I, so growing up, uh, my mother, Elise Marie, she owns a dance studio in Freeport, Pennsylvania, which is where I grew up. And then my dad, who um, he played professional baseball and then was a, a gym teacher. And then uh, he was my actual middle school principal. So we could really want to peel back some money. There's, <laughs> there's a lot in there that we could get, dive into. But he coached my sports and um, dance for me was always fun. Uh, it was never the sports were it. I was at, you know, any given season growing up, we were in a different city every weekend, playing basketball, playing baseball, doing track. Uh, when I got into like middle school, we were doing a lot of football and um, dance always was a break from my sports. And it really did aid my agility, my footwork, all these things that I really saw come to like, you know, you see it on, you hear about it and it's like, oh, okay, oh, sure. But then seeing it in practice was something that was very special to me and that I um, was fortunate to have support of my teammates. A lot of my football and basketball buddies would come to dance competitions because, oh. I mean, I, I was on the very weird edge of dance growing up. Dance was for girls right. in the large part of the community, but being excelling in sports, and then also being a good dancer kind of shook the boat a little bit. Like, oh, okay, okay. And then uh, all the other things, like there's growing up, and I know Hannah can attest to this, we, uh, you know, there's 
70 girls to every one boy, if not more. That's a pretty mm. sick ratio for a teenage boy. Wow. Of I would that. have loved those stats back in the day. Oh, right. You know, like you're meeting <laughs> you all these people. Know. Yeah. And I mean, you know, damn. Like natural selection here. I am the, you know, could be the bottom of the barrel, but I'm still floating somewhere in the middle just based on numbers alone. Right. Um, but no, um, that was just kind of the baseline of how dance was perceived. I just really enjoyed it. Um, fast forward, I went to Georgetown University. I was studying pre-med. I wanted to be a plastic surgeon um, mm -hmm. initially. And then I, on a summer home, I went with my mom to a convention, which is just basically a bunch of teachers come around and teach. They teach different disciplines, but it's in a ballroom usually. There's a lot of people. I'm in the back because I'm too probably, not too old, but I'm, I'm not there to get noticed. I'm not there to participate or win a scholarship or anything like that. Uh, and somebody that I had known since I was a little kid asked me who I was dancing for. And that question kind of shook me. <laughs> a Mickey Mouse? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, myself? I don't, uh, don't know. And um, just kind of put that bug in my ear that, oh, I, I, I thought you were dancing professionally based upon your kind of performance and skill set. And that gave me a little, the, put the bug back in. That, that the, it reignited the flame that why I really loved that. And looking at the overall spectrum of things, you know, I was playing on the football team at Georgetown, but I walked on, I wasn't going to go play in the NFL. Fast forward to that summer, I go to New York city, do a, a program at Broadway dance center, which with Bonnie Erickson, if you're listening or watching, I love you so much. Um, this woman who was heading the program and gave us so much great information and kind of, if you do these steps and you see if you really love it, that you can make a career out of it. Ended up getting a few things, a few jobs. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Uh, Brian Thomas, if I think you're watching, if you, he is one of the biggest influences in my dance career. He choreographed and danced for Michael Jackson, uh, Pink, oh. everybody under the sun. This man is absolutely incredible, but he saw something in me and kind of took me under his wing and showed me, the ropes, whereas in, and as you, I'm sure you guys can attest in any way of the arts, there's this weird thing with the gatekeepers that you got to take your yep. lumps and you got to put in the mm -hmm. years and the time. And I'm, ah, you got to figure out for yourself. Whereas this man didn't, you know, didn't, it wasn't fed to me on a silver platter, but try this, uh, avoid that, you know, mm -hmm. those kinds of things that really helped me navigate my early years in New York city. And then, Fast forward uh, eight years in Los Angeles, I uh, got the chance to perform with some of the biggest names in the industry and work with some of my idols that I looked up to growing up. And I was in the same room with them and being looked at on a even playing field and the respect that was given there was so um, full circle and just insane that I was uh, a lot of those opportunities that I granted did work very hard for. But, you know, when you're in that room and you're going, oh, cool, like. <laughs> We're here. We're we we're here. We made it. And now we yeah, really like, make it. totally. And yep. then you're the young youth going. This is happening every every you know two weeks. I'm making X amount of dollars. It's fantastic. And then you know, as is the artist's life, it's up and down. It's up and down. You're doing great. You're feeling like maybe I'm gonna quit. And then you're doing great again. And then all those in between. But um, a beautiful journey that I am ever so thankful for. And just the love of performing. And that started back in just being an idiot. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> I'm an absolute clown all so, the time. It's so, so cool. So I will mention this because um, I actually was able to connect with Brian. He was unable to be on the call. Oh, he did say yeah. to give you his love. Oh, and, nice. uh, and also just because this hasn't been announced yet, Brian is actually going to be our guest next week. Yeah. Oh, yes. He's oh, absolutely fantastic. Him. He is great. Right I asked, I'd invited him several months ago. And of course, you know, he knows that you're on tonight, but uh, he has agreed. So we're going to have his stories about you, Alex. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're going to talk some dirt. Can't uh, wait to hear those. Oh. But, but now, Hannah, because I mean, you know, you are an incredible superstar. I, I don't even know where to start, but I, <laughs> I will share a little. Can I, may I say a little tidbit there? Sure, go ahead. Okay. So uh, Hannah, as, as a, yeah, I'm going to, I'll share that. Hannah is 
how we connected was through the arts as well. And also because she happens to be related to, to a very, very, uh, probably the most world-renowned drummer in the whole world, who unfortunately passed away, Neil Peart from Rush. And Hannah, his niece, had uh, um, attended the gallery show that I had created the paintings around, you know, Neil uh, as in an honor of his passing. So when we connected, we had this like instant love bite, massive, and and, and then it just kind of spiraled into we were almost telepathic about, you know, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. So so that just for the sake of background, that's where and that then we did. And then we did. And, and the cool thing is we did did. And she also came to my studio and and she called me one day and she said, you know, you, you need better pictures. The ones of you are like, they're not you. So you don't look like yourself in your pictures. No. So she's coming I know who you are. I want, <laughs> nice. I'm coming to your studio and I'm, I'm going to do you. So you get some clothes ready. And that's what happened. So she came in and spent, you know, oh my God, the whole afternoon. And, and we took the most amazing pictures, which I super love. And I hate my picture taken, but yes. So Hannah, in your own right, you are one major rock star, superstar. Thank you. Thank you. You are for sure. <laughs> But the, but the dance part, so this is also key because I got, I had the opportunity to be in a conversation with her with respect to what, you know, there was a, a particular um, situation that she was in invo involved with to, to create this dance. I've never seen anybody in my life take the bull by the horns and just, you know, all of a sudden she amasses 40 dancers. She's got a hall. She's got this. She's over the top but the background like your dance background yeah us. oh man um I've been dancing as long as I can remember I was one of the kids that you know got put in when they were young uh with my mom like my mom put me in dance class and did the whole thing the videos of me from when I was a kid I st stood there and picked my nose like you watched that video and knew that <laughs> my later son's not alone life. yeah no <laughs> you watch those videos and and you know knew that that was going to be a professional dancer one day, you'd never believe it. I was one of like those kids uh, being young. Um, yeah. And then I I joined a competitive team when I was six um, in the town that I was living in at the time. And I was so fortunate to work with these incredible teachers that most of them I still speak to today um, that, that just instilled this love for it in me because they loved it so much. And... Um, I, I moved to Muskoka, Ontario, um, which is where I spent majority of like my youth and met uh, Wendy Laidlaw, who owns District Kicks Academy of Dance in Gravenhurst. Um, she's the best. She's awesome. And she trained me there basically my whole pre-professional life. And she was one of those, well, is, I shouldn't say was, she's she's my friend. I was just talking to her, but um, she's one of those <laughs> people that, uh, that just like to provide opportunity for the people that she cares about and coming from a small town like the one that I grew up in there's not much to do here period um <laughs> growing up you were either a hockey player you yeah. were a dancer or you, you know there wasn't much else to do other than that and there was so much snow all the time that most people just kind of sat around um teen pregnancy was like the highest in Ontario when I wow. like in my town when I was growing up um so just to paint a picture for you, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. um, so dance became, going through the middle of town. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is, it was that. So, um, I put my whole life into it, you know, as a teenager, uh, my sisters and I all danced all three of us. So, uh, we signed with an agent when I was like 14 or 15. And that was kind of my big, you know, I got to go to the city now on the weekends and, and, you know, and I, I remember people always telling me like you're taking this too seriously like you're you're never gonna make it people aren't gonna you know there's no money in dance what, what are you gonna go to college for like you know those <laughs> oh those yeah i meet them all the time yeah i still i still <laughs> do guys. negative nellies people still ask us what we're gonna do when we grow up but <laughs> but i'm um, growing up I'm, I'm not that's the answer yeah. um so yeah i started doing some like funny jobs uh through that and and as I grew into high school and started really thinking about what I wanted to do, I still didn't really know. And, you know, I, I started looking into colleges and I was playing lacrosse at the time as well. Um, wow. I was a lacrosse, a lacrosse goalie. 
and um, um my team was quite good. yeah well most of them uh so <laughs> me, me and my sister uh were, were quite good we ended up winning provincials that year and uh you know, I thought maybe that was something that I might be able to get a scholarship for and stuff like that. So those were all starting to be conversations that I was having. And, you know, you're an 18 year old kid, you know, expected to make this grand decision about what the rest of your life looks like. Right. And I knew at that time I was not mm, equipped for that. Um, so my mom uh, was like, well, why don't you know, why don't we go start auditioning and, you know, all this stuff. And I was I was nervous again. I, I had it in my head that I was never going to make it because I had been told that so many times by people mm -hmm. like you're not going to be successful in this. Come up with a plan B. This is not for you. And again, like I was never the best dancer in the room. I was never the most technically best um, as a performer. I could perform my ass off. I still do. That's my thing. Um, and and you know being an okay mover at the time was was enough and it wasn't until i was you know 18 and and got hired um and by an audition i went an audition for disney and my mom wow. kind of was pushed me and was like go 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 do it you know you might as well you've put in all this time training and i've put in all this time spending my money on it and you know um, <laughs> nudge, <laughs> um, nudge, i've, been, nudge, I've invested yeah so um so i really didn't again I was like, no, like I'm not, I don't want to be let down again. I'm not going to get hired. I've, again, I have it in my mind. I'm not good mm -hmm. enough. Right. Um, so the Disney audition day comes around and I fell down the stairs that morning no. and yeah. Oh my gosh. Full yard sale down the stairs. And I ripped my pants. I Charlie horse my entire like top of my thigh. I'm like, this is a bad omen. We're not going. And my mom was like, we're going like we're mm -hmm. going. So we had a two hour Tape drive. Yeah, I got, had a two hour drive. By the time we got to Yorkdale Mall, which is where we would park to take the subway into the city back then, um, my leg had completely frozen up. My pants were ripped. So we had to literally do the the suck it up and move on thing that day. And luckily we did because I ended up somehow booking that audition. <laughs> and that was, that kickstarted the rest of my career. And that was the day I remember going, oh, my gosh, maybe I can do this. Like, Maybe, maybe this is something that I can do. So after that, I really started to take myself seriously and take it seriously because I was now making money to travel around the world on a cruise ship with Mickey Mouse. And, you know, that was cooler than what most of the things other people were doing that I knew. Um, so that was that was when it all that was when it reignited for me, because for a long time when I was in high school, I. I discredited it and I discredited myself just because, you know, I had, I had this idea in my head that it, it just wasn't going to ever amount into anything. So it was an emotional ride, but since then it's been awesome. It's been so rewarding and um, I'm glad that I got to prove a lot of people wrong. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I, thank you for sharing that story, Hannah, because, you know, what you just said there, you know, we were talking about the, the conditioning process that we go through when, you know, from zero to five and a lot of those belief systems like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And one of the things we've been talking about in this conversation tonight um, is surrounding that 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 topic of effort right? You know, how much effort we give something, how much effort, how much hard work do we put into something? Because so oftentimes, you know, we, 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 we have this expectation that we're going to be successful, but we're putting in, you know, 60 or 70% of the effort. We're not putting in a hundred, 110% of the effort. Talk to us about your journey, both of you guys in, in, you know, when people say they're doing their best, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And we know that there's always so much more that we could be doing. We could be doing something differently. We could be more resourceful in the things that we're doing. We could shift our perspective. We can get around different people. We have the internet now. We have chat GBT. There's, there's endless supplies of answers and opportunities for us to take responsibility, take action, to get ourselves, our mind, body, and, us, and our soul into much better places. Talk to us about that. You know, For people that are listening, that are thinking they're doing their best, what is it that we can tell them? What are some strategies that we can get them to, to hone in on to become successful like you guys are doing and on your own terms? Um, what does that effort look like and how can we shift that perspective about like, oh, I'm just going to wait for it to come to me as opposed to taking that proactive uh, responsibility to to find that that courage and that energy and that passion and that drive to go do those things that you don't necessarily feel like doing. I'll jump in on this one. The, um, the big a thing that shifted in me whenever I started to figure it out a little bit because we never have it figured out. Right. But you figure yeah. out what works for you and how that works for you. Um, so often you hear the, the phrase don't work hard, work smart. Yeah. Which I 
frankly disagree with. I think you have to work hard smartly. True. Because Amen. if you're not putting in like you're talking about, right? There's that the, the work smart, not hard discounts effort. It discounts yeah. the 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 pounding the pavement, the the blood, sweat, and tears of it, no matter what you're going to do. But if you're really if you're putting in that maximum effort, then you really can start to pinpoint and then you start to fine tune, right? It's 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 a blurry picture, but whenever you're able to kind of sharpen the image and see what your end goal is, see what is working for you, and no matter this is across uh, art, uh, a right being a janitor, being a garbage person, whatever your career, your uh, passion. And if there is passion in that, that's a kind of a retrospective thing to look at because if there's not anything of that in there, it's going to be really hard to accomplish what you want to accomplish because you don't really want it. It's you, there's an ulterior motive. I want the money. I want uh, of fame. I want all these different things, but right. I have, those are my favorite kind of people. When you meet somebody and you're like, I don't know what you, well, I don't know what this is, but I want to know about it. And then right. you, they always have a, an awesome story and what they're doing and how they're doing it. Right. And that is something that has really worked for me personally of figuring out, okay, what do I want? Just bare, bare, bar none. What do I want? Then from there, how do I create the staircase to get there? And it's not always, it's never a straight up staircase, right? <laughs> no. We're winding around and it's up and it's down and you know, you're getting on a, a ride and you're taking it and then you're getting off the ride. And, but keeping that end goal while still validating yourself through the intermittent goals. And Alex, sorry, yeah. I, I, I want it. I want to, there's a part of your life that I want, I want to share because what you're saying right now actually is super part of that. And yet I also want us to jump to Hannah too, um, before we get to that part of the story, but just, you know, obstacles in your life or, or choices that you make. And you were actually born with a cleft lip cleft palate, correct? Yes, I was. And, and that had to have obviously had an impact uh, on your life. And, and you managed like to be this unbelievable human being. And at the same time, you're, you're dedicated flawlessly to supporting the emotional um, ability of those who are actually suffering. And your, your, your dream isn't creating the cessation of suffering. Um, so, I, I, but we are going to come back to that because I think it's very, very important. So we'll segue to, to, to Hannah first. So she, you have to answer. Perfect. This yes. And we're going to come back and, and we're going to play something as well. Okay. <laughs> oh, perfect. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. Um, I, Alex, I know we talk about this regularly, but I think when it comes to that as well with I'm doing my best, a lot of that comes down to vulnerability and expectation. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I, if we have, I'm trying to think of the, the verbiage that we use when we talked about this like last week. People, I think, sometimes are afraid to show 100 percent because then from then on out, that is what's expected of them. Yeah. And that is now what people know they can do. So they are now responsible for upholding that. And it's frustrating. And, you know, we work with a lot of kids. We work with a lot of teenagers, especially, you know, around mm -hmm. across North America and getting over that like 85% work hump into the, like, now you're at a hundred is so hard because that jump from, this is what this is where I know I'm good to you know screwing up and and realizing that you can do better past that mm -hmm. is such a hard thing to instill into people mm -hmm. and and you know being brave enough to make that jump to the hundred rather than being comfortable at eighty five and that's something that you know we have been trying to to you know instill in, in people and in youth in the next generation especially because they have the internet at their fingertips you know 24 7 they have 24 7 access to each other all the time like growing up i cannot imagine growing up in the state that they have right now of the world and mm -hmm. just the you know the what it is now and what that means and you know they when we were kids growing up like in the late 90s and early 2000s we like had msn that you know was on a metered connection that you had to dial up so your mom my mom got real mad if we were on it for a long time because you know i gotta make a call get off the computer right exactly or or just taking it off you know so 
but that was that was our reality back then and like school turned off when you went home and home turned off when you went to school and it's so that's all blurred now and i think that really also has affected people's workflow and people's you know drive for that because their people are tired they're mm-hmm. so tired. Everyone's exhausted and everyone's burnt out. Like, I don't know. I've never seen so many burnt out teenagers before they've even had the opportunity to succeed yet as an adult, right. which makes me nervous because what, what happens to your passion once you lose that? Like that's, that's your, they don't have a chance, you know? And that's something that I think is important, especially as an adult, if you are around a younger kid, it's your duty to go hundred percent to show them what that means, mm-hmm. show them what that is. Because that is, you know, something that I think is missing right now. And and the work smart, not hard theory, that's all they know now. So they don't know what hard work is because they're mm-hmm. not shown hard work anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that is something just to keep in mind is, you know, you you put out what the rest of the world sees around you and you're responsible for, for yourself. And, you know, if, if that's something that you're preaching, you better also be practicing. Yeah. Uh, your words of wisdom. I don't know. You have such an old school, Hannah. <laughs> Just coming out with it. But let's go, let's go back to this, Alex. You're a, you stand up for a cause, mm-hmm. and uh, actually, Chris. You know what? Maybe just before he says anything, I, I think it would be really appropriate. Can you play the? Uh, sure. The- yeah. Um, let me do that right now. Let me make sure. Hopefully, I have this the right way. We do a drum roll. I was gonna say a drum roll. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, movie, um, did you? There's so many drumsticks in this office. Where? That's true. <laughs> sure. Audio. Okay, we're that's gonna weird. we're gonna give this a shot so you guys can see this. Let's uh, let's just refresh this real quick and see if we can. Oops. Uh, oh, there he is. Oh, who's this guy? Boo! It's true. <laughs> smallest act of kindness gives life. Thank you for joining us. I'm Alex, and like many of the children you have just seen, I too was born with a cleft lip and palate. It's why we're here talking to you. We've lived through the enormous challenges a cleft lip or palate brings to infants and children. And because of our cleft journeys, we want to make a substantial and immediate impact on the lives of infants who are born just like us with cleft lips or palates but millions of these children are born in low-income countries with little access to medical knowledge or cleft care. All of those cleft surgeries pushed me to excel. I caught the entertainment bug while studying pre-med, found success in the Big Apple and then the West Coast. And now I'm a resource for parents and kids who are cleft affected, as well as an advocate for cleft representation in the arts. Your small act of kindness gives life. Please call now. It's true. The smallest act of kindness. Oh. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> wow. Boom. Oh, I got the tears going again. <laughs> bravo, bravo, <laughs> sir. That oh. makes me cry. <laughs> well, hey, the the means the the spot is doing its job. But uh, no, that was um for Smile Train, which is I'm an ambassador for them. They are the world's largest cleft supporting charity. Uh, I think at this juncture they've like helped not like they definitely have helped over two million uh people wow uh with cleft care from surgeries at birth through uh repairs through ongoing cleft care and they are just fantastic to work with and they're now starting to do a lot domestically as well because for a long time it was just um outside of the usa because there is so much um support here for it but now it's being brought into a much more grand community and a close-knit community and to counteract how uh, bad social media is for you this has been something i think for a lot of kids and myself included like the idea of community that i didn't know anybody that else that had a cleft growing up i was the only one and the people on tv that you saw had them didn't talk about it it was like don't don't talk don't bring attention to it right don't talk about it Whereas now, um, and that was something that my parents very much instilled in me uh, whenever I was very little of this is a part of you, but it doesn't define you. But it's also something that we're not going to shy away from talking about it, speaking about it. It is a part of you. So you could either take it and use it and, and, you know, step into that light or 
that's an excuse why I'm not getting picked for this or I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, it was a driving factor and kind of turning that on its head uh, rather than being a crutch. It was uh, gas in the tank to then uh, propel me personally. And um, yeah, like that was something so obviously near and dear to my heart. And then as an adult, that was a goal that I personally made for myself to try to help other people that if they, you know, if moms have questions or dads have questions and they, you know, don't, they don't have anybody to bounce them off. You search it on the internet and then and it your ends up like go to WebMD and you're dead, right? right? <laughs> like I'm dying. Whereas, you know, you still can very much have a, uh, a very meaningful and regular life, but there's this thing surrounding it that has, is starting to slowly, um, break away from that. And it's something that I'm very, very passionate about, obviously, because I went through it, all the surgeries, all the time in the hospital and all the things connected with it. And like uh, you said, you could, it's it, a lot of obstacles, a lot of hurdles, but if that was, I was holding on that resentment or feeling some sort of way of this is exactly why somebody doesn't like me or mm-hmm. uh, why I'm not good at this. And, you know, that's just an arbitrary thing that everyone can find excuses, but rather than doing that, allowing it to, to push me and, and push me further. And then, you know, this is who I am. And if you like it, I'm oh, awesome. Great. But it, you're not going to like me or dislike me because of this. Right. You're just going to not like me because I'm an idiot, which is <laughs> fine, but you know, um, I've found some positivity in it and being an advocate for people like myself that kind of, um, we don't always have to play the villain in film, uh, right. all these different things that now is starting, the mold is starting to break a little bit and to be involved in that at any capacity is something I'm very, very proud of. Amazing guys. We've already been talking for nearly an hour. I looked up at the clock and I, sat there oh, no. and I, I wore glasses and I was like, does that <laughs> say seven thirty-seven or does that say seven fifty-seven? That's crazy. another couple of hours here. <laughs> yeah, oh, easily, easily, we could do that. We want to respect your guys' time, uh, yes. Patty. Any final questions for our beautiful guests? And thank you for bringing them there here to us. Uh, oh my gosh, final questions. Well, maybe just a really quick: Do you make New Year's resolutions? Because we're getting pretty close to the end of the year. Is there something that's just sort of sitting on the tip of your tongue that you're thinking? You know, maybe I'm going to make this happen next year. Is there something exciting around the corner? I feel like we set resolutions like every week. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. You should always We're be pushing yourself and challenging. I feel like I feel like resolutions. Yeah. New Year's is a great New Year's is a great reminder to reset. And I think yeah. that I don't I think that people should set reminders for themselves. They don't have to be on New Year's, set them whenever you want. But yes. you know, set goals for yourselves and, and give yourself a timeline to hold yourself accountable. And if that's New Year's for you. Awesome. If it's next Tuesday, also awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I personally want to just say to both of you, um, deep, deep, deep gratitude for taking the time in two different places to be with us tonight. Of and course. your thank stories. You for having us. Yes. Who thank you are. so much for having us. We're yeah. honored and blessed. And thank you very much. Yeah. I, it's just been fabulous. And I know um, Christopher giving us the opportunity to co-host together and then to have you on the show. And of course, next week, we're going to have Brian. And yeah, I love you both. You know that. And I look forward to seeing you again in 2024. We had Likewise. luck to do. And so Chris, anything you want to say, share? No, I just, I just want to know where people can get a hold of you and learn more about you guys. Where, where, what's a website we can send them to? Well, we have been hilariously following our own uh, advice and we're, we've cut back on our socials. Uh, we don't use a lot of Facebook or anything, but EisenbergENT.com is our website. And um, you can catch us on uh, Instagram, Instagram.com slash the at symbol Eisenberg ENT. And we usually are, are quicker to share there because it's faster. But um, apart from that, everything else you can find through those two links. I love it. I love it. You guys are awesome. And I, and I want to invite you back on the show because I, again, realizing this is such a fast time, there's so many different places we can go, but now at least we have a jumping off point to be able to do that. Uh, for those of you guys listening on the audio podcast, it's Eisenberg. Uh, Eisen, so it's I S E N 
B-E-R-G-E-N-T.com. So you guys are listening, driving, make sure you pull over, stop, and you go check it out. It's also in the show notes. So you can be able to just go there and click it and check it out and follow these guys uh, and follow them on uh, Instagram as well. Uh, I just appreciate you guys. I'm so thankful to Patty for you for bringing these two amazing individuals on here and talking about you know you, what it takes to have relationships, what it takes to have that communication and that partnership in a professional and a personal relationship and talking about you know what are the ways that we can overcome some of our limiting beliefs. We've talked about that tonight. Thank you guys so much for being here. We're going to place you backstage and Patty and I are going to finish out the show for a second, but don't go anywhere because we still want to talk to you. But thank you guys for being here again with us tonight. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to place you backstage. Don't go anywhere. And there we go, Patty. I mean, can you believe how fast that just went by? I literally looked up at the clock and I'm like, there's no way I should have talked to you beforehand and said, you know, do we want to do a three hour show tonight or we want to keep (laughs) it still to 45 to uh, an hour? Well, we'll bring them back. We'll just have to bring them back for sure. It might be raw synchronicity to bring them back. Oh, there's a little play on words. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, no, I think great lessons. I mean, they're both brainiacs. They really are. Um, I have had the privilege of, you know, spending time with them, both of them, you know, and on Zooms for hours too, like just chatting away the the creative. But uh, if, if, through the next period of time their music is out there i mean people really do want to watch them and of course his story is pretty special i don't know if you're if your kids are if you're listening and you've got children and you want to put them in dance or they're showing any interest in it oh my god like let them do that because it's it's life-changing anything music dance yeah life-changing encourage them and sports Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's got to have that form of self self-expression, you know, mm-hmm. music and dance and all those different things are, are that form. And so many times we don't find out what that true gift is because we're told what to go do. We're told who to be, you know, you should go, you know, follow your father and in the, in the family business, or you should go do what your mother did, or, you know, you should be a doctor, you should be a lawyer, you should be something that's safe and predictable and makes lots of money. But at the end of the day, you know, we're here to live life. We're not here to exist in life and we're not here to live life for somebody else. We're here to live life for us. And I yeah. think that's one of the beautiful conversation points points tonight is the fact of what we started the show off with. So if you guys join the show halfway through, go back and check out the beginning of it because we talked about personal boundaries and being able to set those boundaries and being able to say no, right? That is such an important factor in the success of your life. I've been coaching people now for over 20 years. And I know, Patricia, you've been in a part of a lot of masterminds and, and, and influential people. And you know this, the fact that we have to be able to say and have those boundaries in our lives to be able to choose what it is that we truly want to do to be able to have that form of self-expression to be able to have that that joy of being who we truly are at our core as opposed to being you know who we need to be for everybody else there's a book out there it's called the five regrets of the dying yeah i talk about on the show all the time the number one regret of the dying is that people live the life they thought they were supposed to live they didn't live the life that they wanted to live and i think our guests tonight were beautiful examples of being able to say hey listen you know here's how we grew up here's the situations we were in i love how um how hannah talked about the fact you know she still went to her audition everything in your life ladies and gentlemen is preparing you for what's next everything that's happened and everything that's happening is preparing you for what's next and so don't duck out of those opportunities for you to 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 make those important decisions don't duck out of those important opportunities to push yourself to find out what your best really is because if you if you don't find out what your best really is then you're going to get to that point in your life where you're going to look back and you're going to regret all the chances you didn't take all the people that you could have surrounded yourself with it would have been more positive make those determinations, make those, make those decisions, draw those boundaries and be happy with yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's the one that is responsible for your happiness is the person you're looking in the mirror. So we love and appreciate you guys. This show will be on podcast tomorrow, all where podcasts are sold. Uh, We'll be sharing it on social media as well. So, and we're uh, excited about next week. So Patricia, why don't you tell uh, uh, our audience who we can expect next week? So Brian Thomas, who was actually is, is in New York. He has a very famous, uh, you know, choreography, dance school. He's also a film producer and he was Michael Jackson's uh, choreographer. He has multiple stories along with like, I believe Liza Minnelli, some pr- really interesting people, but he himself is a super deep spiritual person. I absolutely love him. I've had the privilege of, of meeting him in person and, and I'm really excited you know, for him to be with us. And on a final note, my my drum partner, my art partner, Greg DeFrancesco's birthday is today. So I just want to, if he's watching or doesn't watch it, it's a, a shout out. Happy birthday. My happy sweet. birthday, Greg. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Gregory. Happy birthday Anyways, to you. 
So thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share this evening with you, Chris. Again, it was a, a wonderful opportunity. I love Hannah and uh, Alex. And yeah, we, we have to do this again. We absolutely will. We absolutely will. And the last person, and thank you, Patty, for, for being here with me. And I love our core, our, uh, our collaborations when we do these things. Just want to go back and thank everybody who showed up tonight. We got Nancy Nance in the house. Uh, she's a part of my group accountability coaching program. She's been an amazing spirit in my life. We got Lynn Serrano in the house. Lynn, I owe you a birthday message. Thank you for being here. She says, hello, beautiful friends and family. We got my buddy, Mr. Barry Dunford in the house. He said, awesome to that particular situation. I got Nicole Young coming in from Florida. What's up, Nicole? Thank you for being here. Uh, I love what Nancy said here. No is a complete sentence. I think we had said that at the same time. Uh, I think uh, um, uh, Hannah had said uh, the same thing. And then Nancy also says here, collaboration is so important. My buddy, Scott Goyette, our friend, our mutual friend, Scott Goyette in the house says, love you guys. Love you, Scott. Appreciate you being here. And Nancy also says here, uh, three days grace to allow big decisions, uh, giving space for mm -hmm. grace. For some reason, my thing isn't showing up over here. And this is a new person that's uh, following the show. So thank you for oh, showing up here. Uh, that's my friend Kami. Kami. Oh, oh, so you know Kami. So I yeah. Do, Kami. So Kami says, uh, enjoyed your sharing, authenticity, and perspectives, and uh, gratitude. Thank you for being here as well. Appreciate you. We got uh, Nancy says, you are my constant. Well, thank you. Well, I'm, uh, you're my constant too, I guess. Yes, we're all our constants. Darlene Neaton in the house. Glad you're here and enjoying this conversation. Uh, and Nancy uh, says here as well, she goes, I'm a Canadian. We are resilient, uh, living the dream. So she's up there with you, Patty. I've got Khalil in the house. What's up, Khalil? Uh, Khalil's a fighter. He's out there fighting cancer right now. He's kicking its ass. So thank you, Khalil, for being here and sharing uh, sharing uh, your time with us. Appreciate that. We've got Robert Broker in the house. Robert says here, conspiracy theorists uh, say that it is a it is a part of the plan. Create dependency. Obviously, the plan has not been going well. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we got to sit there and we got to take responsibility for our life. If, if our life isn't going well, then we need to take the appropriate actions to change what it is that's no longer working for us. And that's what we do here on the Ron and Scripted Show is every single week. I've been doing this now for 241 episodes. I'm actually going uh, in January will be my fourth year doing this particular show. Um, so it really is about the fact that we come here every single week and we provide you guys with opportunities to shift your perspective just a little bit, to shift your confidence and to start taking those imperfect actions. Because over time, that imperfect action is going to create that confidence confidence and that confidence to believe and to trust in yourself to go take those scary opportunities because when you take those scary opportunities that allows your confidence and everything else to grow and to feed upon itself and we just encourage you guys out there live your life today live your life today don't play the someday game there is no someday on a calendar we encourage you guys and we love you guys to go out there and take those actions today you can write into the show and let us know how those things are going for you if you just hit uh info at noexcusescoach.com or info at uh the raw and unscripted show you can do that as well we would love to hear from you guys but go out there make the dream possible surround yourself with beautiful people and we'll be back here next tuesday night 7 p.m pacific standard time live on the video cast but you can always check out the podcast wherever podcasts are sold we love you guys we'll see you back here next week on the raw and unscripted show. Cheers. Cheers.